Hello guys, so uh, my name is Sean, uh, and I feel like this, everyone says this when they get the stage, they introduce their name and then say for those that don't know you. And so for those that don't know me, uh, I have the unbelievable privilege of overseeing some of the mercy and justice work uh, of this church, of, of this community, the community that you're a part of, the work that you're a part of by just being here every single Sunday. Uh, and so just some facts uh, about me. By profession, I'm the CEO of the Domino Foundation. Uh, by study, I carry a BCom marketing degree. Uh, and by life, I am a lover of people. Uh, I met Jesus in grade nine, uh, right here out of the Cogs Youth. We went on a good old faithful camp to Pennington. Uh, and so that was our Cogs Youth camp where I met Jesus. Uh, I'm also a Northwood old boy. And so I pretty much have not gone very far. <laughs> Pretty much just jumped over the wall. And so in 2009, I joined the staff here at Anthem. Uh, and so I think that makes me the second longest standing staff member uh, here today, uh, bested only by Mr. Ronald Villacazzi himself. Uh, <laughs> and so exactly as Richard uh, and the team have explained, this month, Mercy May, uh, what we're looking at is really just wanting to check out scriptures uh, and what they say about mercy and justice uh, and what God calls us to do and how he wants us to respond. And so this week... And next week, when Project Exodus takes the stage, we're really mainly looking at Mishpat, putting mercy and justice into action. Uh, and so how Anthem is currently doing that through the Domino Foundation and through Project Exodus. And so my goal tonight uh, is hopefully just to encourage you along your own journey of figuring out mercy and justice in your life. Uh, hope to also inspire you, maybe to come and get involved in what currently is taking place. Uh, and also maybe to awaken dreams and desires that God is placing on your heart and kind of speaking into action to outwork in our communities. And so today, well, this evening, all I really want to do is just look at two scriptures, uh, unpack a bit about what Domino is doing in response to those scriptures by also telling stories, and then kind of land on ways for everyone to get involved. And so if you're good with that, I hope you are, uh, I can kickstart and, and move on. Cool. And so at Anthem, uh, our passion, our vision, our heart is to lead people to life. It is life with Jesus, life according to the scriptures, and life to the full. And one of the ways that we do that is through our deeds and actions, compassion and justice. And so Domino, as Cichelia said, is really the hands and feet outworking this on Anthem's behalf. And so for us, it really is our hope that through our actions, a revelation of the gospel will be made known to each and every single person that encounters us at this church. And so 17 years ago, the eldership made a decision to form a nonprofit organization, and Domino was born to outwork the mercy and justice of this church as God commands. And so for me, the first scripture that I want to look at tonight is Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7. Uh, and it says, you're not going to read it because I don't have that up on screen. There's a lot of distractions coming a little bit later. Uh, and so I'll just read it from my notes. And it says, Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of yoke, to, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide one, the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Again, in Zechariah, uh, in verse 7, uh, in Zechariah 7, verses 8 to 10, it says, And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless. The, 
the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. And so for me, looking at both these scriptures, I'm kind of a practical guy. And so for me, the takeaway is that mercy and justice is an action word. It's, it's that verb, that doing word that our, our high school teachers will be so excited that we remember. Uh, John last week uh, introduced us to the word mishpat, uh, the Hebrew word uh, that means to treat people equitably. And that puts the focus and emphasis on doing justice and not merely the theory of it. And so I guess the question is, well, what do we do? Uh, and so, and how do we do that? And so in Zechariah, God says to care for the orphan. And so stirred by the scriptures and the whispers of God, and the increasing abandonment rate in our country, back in 2004, Fairhaven's baby's home was birthed with a desire to stand in the gap to care for orphan and vulnerable children in their time of need and care for precious children they have. And so back in 2004, a little girl came to be placed with us uh, at the home. She was about three uh, when she arrived, and her circumstance dictated that she had been cared for by her grandmother and then needed a safe and loving environment to be placed with thereafter. She found herself in need of, a, of an environment uh, that could care for her every need. And so one morning in 2004, we met Jada, and both of our lives have changed forever. And so as I welcome Jada up to share some of her story, let's give her some encouragement, cheer her on. Hello, Jada. Hey, Sean. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. No problem. Do you want to, for those who don't know, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Jada Mungavin. Um, I have been affected by God's grace um, and mercy through the Domino Foundation, um, what they are doing and what they have done. Awesome. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming up and sharing with us. Uh, I guess the first question would be, how did your story, how did your story start? How did, how did you meet Domino? How did it start at the Foundation and Fairhavens? Um, so at the age of three, as Sean said, I was in need of a loving, safe, caring environment, um, which is exactly what the Domino Foundation Babies Home um, provided for me under Precious's leadership. Um, Precious was here at the back this morning. Um, and so with other kids, um, I was the fourth baby in the home. We were cared for, looked after, um, and just loved. Amazing. Incredible. So you were the fourth baby, you joined us when we kind of first opened, and so how, how has your life changed since, since leaving the baby's home? Um, so I was adopted by my parents, Richard and Jackie, um, and our family moved down the south coast for four years to a church that had a private school called South City. Um, I made lots of friends there, um, I met Jesus there, and I saw really incredible things take place um, down the south coast, and then we moved back here to Anthem, where my parents took over Anthem, um, and with my sister and five brothers, we were schooled by my mom. Um, I was schooled under her for my primary years, and then for high school, I started online um, through Cambridge, and then last year, November, I matriculated. Woo! <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's incredible. I love... I love how a life can be so dramatically impacted through the power of adoption. And so 
Um, two weeks ago, actually, Jada uh, was being interviewed, and something she said to me, uh, which stood out to me, was uh, there are a number of ways you can enter a family, and some, one way is through marriage, the other is through birth, and another is through adoption. And for me, what I love is that that's such a picture of the kingdom. We get adopted into this kingdom through Jesus, uh, and so I really just love hearing these adoption stories. But Jada, your story doesn't end there. 2021, what does that look like for Jada? Um, so this year, I'm working at Anthem as an intern under Nick Celia's with Siege and Ntkos, um, and it's been a lot of fun, a growing experience, and I've really enjoyed it. Incredible. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being brave and sharing your story with us and joining me on stage. Thank you for uh, having everyone, me. Everyone, let's give her a round of applause. Thank, thank you. you. Well done, says her mother. <laughs> awesome. Nice, Jada. Thank you. How incredible. I think for me, I love um, getting feedback from a lot of the children that have been with us uh, and plays with their families. And so for me, it just continually blows me away because as I sit and think and reflect back, uh, I can't help but ask myself that, would this life have been possible if not for a community of believers that have been stirred to action uh, so many years ago? And so what we see... Uh, Jada has met Jesus. She has a family. She's been educated, been employed. Her life has dramatically changed. And so she's been cheered on every step of the way. Not only has it been maybe Rich and Jacks that have adopted her, but there's been teams, staff, volunteers that have cheered her on along her journey. Uh, even the donors who have sowed financially to make a place available to create a safe environment to hold her while her family was being prepared. And so what we see there is that so many people were stewarding what they had in their hands to let this rebalance of injustice take place and change destinies forever. But the beautiful thing is that Jada is not alone. And so over the years, Domino has had the privilege of caring for over 165 children uh, that have been loved on, cared for, uh, and placed in loving families. That is 165 destinies that have been radically changed, just like Jada's. And now these numbers have names. And so we have Samuel living in Denmark, building snowmen with his siblings. We have Tando living in Johannesburg, who is still completing her schooling. Uh, we've had, we'll have our first twins who will turn 18 later on this year, and a large number of children who have been adopted by this beautiful community of Anthem. And just last month, we had our first child hop on an airplane, fly across the ocean to the United Kingdom to be with his forever family at last building families, restoring hope, and breaking the cycle of poverty. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And so last year, 2020, that was pretty much a year, right? There was COVID, there was a virus, it was pandemonium, uh, and COVID made its way to sunny South Africa, uh, and the world closed up shop and went home for a couple of weeks. Uh, but unemployment skyrocketed, uh, families who were already on the brink uh, and living below the poverty line were pushed further and further into desperation. We at Domino, we're blessed with an incredible team and a number of volunteers who we see as contributors and not, uh, as, yeah, as contributors and not consumers. Uh, and so naturally they just threw themselves at the pandemic response uh, and no matter what it took. We were able to partner with a number of non, uh, other nonprofit organizations and countless churches in an unprecedented collaboration effort that I have not seen at my time at Domino. 
And so this very auditorium that we're all sitting in tonight, it was stacked high with maize and covered with butternuts and all just being packed together to make relief hampers uh, for the vulnerable. And so this church was used in a different form of worship to our city at that time. Over a thousand volunteers were, were boots on the ground and were mobilized going door to door to deliver the food hampers that were packed. We were able to mobilize over 11 million rand, all the way from the big funder of the Solidarity Fund, right through to the individual donors sitting in this auditorium. And, and all for the benefit of the over 20,000 desperate households who were fed throughout KZN. And now, the numbers are big. I, I get that. They're quite staggering. But for me, what always amazes me is the power of a simple, single meal and what it can do, what it symbolizes, and what it unlocks. Last year, Lindo Kozo and his colleague Pumalele uh, were one of our partners who were in the trenches with us in the midst uh, of the pandemic. And they were on the road going door to door to deliver relief hampers to communities. From Mkanyakuda district up north in KZN, uh, all the way down south to Harigwala and to Mtunjaneni to places that I can't even pronounce and didn't even know uh, before COVID and last year. Clocking over 20, 000, uh, 29,000 kilometers uh, of travel, loading trucks at 1 a.m. in the morning in the rain through burst tires and breakdowns, or to reach the last mile beneficiaries living on the outskirts of communities. Now, Lindo and Pume were in Ugu district uh, when they came across a widow in need of assistance. And so we're going to turn our eyes to the screen to hear Pume's account of what happened. I work with Linda from Lindong Development. Last year during the hard lockdown, we worked with the Domino Foundation and the Case and Response Team to uh, deliver food parcels to communities that were identified as being vulnerable due to the hard lockdown. On this particular day, we were driving to the Ugu district to deliver these food hampers. So we got into this old lady's house. It was in the afternoon. We've been delivering food the whole day as we were going door to door as we were not allowed to call them um, to congregate all together due to the restrictions that were in place at that time and when we got into this um, old lady's house we knocked on the door her grandchildren let us in and then we explained to them why we were here and that we had food and veggies for them because they were identified as being vulnerable so the old lady came to us weeping and we didn't understand okay what was wrong with her and then she was able to gather her her words and she explains to us no i just placed a pot of water on the stove um not knowing what i would do with that water when it comes to boil because i had no food in my house i had no money to buy food in the morning i've been praying to god uh for provision that he provides something for me and my grandchildren because i have no money and nothing and here you are you brought the food that i needed much so we were pleased to say to to to, to be able to be there at the right time and to provide the provision that she had been praying for so we were like the answer that god had sent for her to get the food so it was very assuring even to us um because there were times where we were like really tired because we had to pack up the vans, had to unload the food, maize and uh, veggies. So we would drive for long hours to communities, remote communities most of the time. 
so when we get when we got there and we got this this it was like assurance for us from god no we are doing what we are supposed to do at the right time so we were very much pleased to be god's hand and feet during this uh hard time Hi, my name is incredible incredible You see, to me, what this symbolizes is that God is writing a story bigger than you and me, bigger than us and bigger than this church. And so God used us and what we had in our hands, in this case a meal, to help build this lady's faith. It wasn't about us, it was about her. What was a simple bucket of foodstuffs to us uh, was a beacon of hope for this widow. One, our action and our response was the simple act of providing a meal, yet her faith in God and her testimony, his goodness and provision will change communities' lives forever. You see, Jesus fed, and so we feed. If we go back to the scripture in Isaiah, God challenges us and asks us to share our food with the hungry. Now, the situation in South Africa, 56% of people live below the poverty line. That equates to 31 million people surviving on 1,183 rand a month. Furthermore, 28% of our nation cannot afford the basic daily recommendations of calorie intake, which is enough food. And for us at Domino, that's too much. That's not a narrative we want for our country. And so we feed. We have four kitchens and we make meals. In our usual year, from our four kitchens, we make and prepare over 1.2 million beacons of hope a combination of sandwiches, soup and porridge to plug nutrition gaps and prevent starvation and malnourishment from happening. Our goal is also to break down barriers to learning so that no child has no energy and can't focus so that they can at least complete their schooling. And then we also aim to provide crisis feeding to individuals and families and widows in their distress. But none of this would be made possible without the regular volunteers that come each week to assist and support or even the monthly givers who donate money, uh, each playing their part, stewarding their time, their talents, and their, ta uh, their time, their talents, and their treasures for whatever they have in their hands to make the story happen. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. Last week, John spoke to us about the difference of charity and justice. And he shared how charity gives, but justice loves. And so often what we find at Domino is that when we're motivated by compassion and acts of kindness, uh, that often leads to the difficult work uh, of fighting the injustice. But that can only happen once a relationship has been developed. And so you see at Domino, we see feeding as the keys to the community, uh, as a gateway uh, into people's hearts so that we can work with and influence. Once we are in a relationship with the beneficiary, we are then able to dig a bit deeper, ask questions, speak into and influence the situation, but from a position of love and not from a position of authority or privilege. And so at Domino, our hearts are really compelled to understand the circumstances that surround each and every one of our beneficiaries so that we work together to support, uplift, and lead them to life. We call it at Domino our cradle to career story, but you can call it multiple things. Uh, we heard earlier of Jada speaking of um, how pivotal her family support structure was uh, in, in, in helping and being instrumental in her growth. There are thousands and thousands of individuals that grow up in environments and situations that don't provide the support and guidance needed to live a full and fruitful life.
I want you to meet Nabuchle. Nabuchle lost her mother at a very young age. She didn't know her father, and so for all intents and purposes, she was fatherless. She grew up with her four cousins, being cared for by her gogo, who was uneducated, unemployed, and living on social grants. Now, Nabuchle was with us this morning and was able to share her story in person. Fortunately, she couldn't be with us this evening, but we are able to turn to the screen uh, and watch and listen to her story. So, Nabuchle, who is, who's Nabuchle? How, who is she? Where did she grow up? Uh, how was your childhood? Um, I am Nabuchle Lovu. I am from Amawoti, a township just outside Deben, a township where there's a high percentage of crime, um, child-headed homes, poverty, um, alcoholism, abuse, gender-based violence. Um, I lived with my, I grew up with my grandmother and my four cousins. Um, my grandmother passed, my mother passed away when I was doing my, I was doing grade three. So, and I never had a relationship with my father. So that's how I moved to my grandmother's house where it was just me and my four cousins. And yeah, because my grandmother was old, she couldn't work, so we lived off social grants. So in a situation like that, or in a township like that, you don't actually have dreams because you are not inspired by anyone because everyone is just living off their social grants. They do not have dreams, and there isn't any dream that is a reality. So I wasn't inspired to be much. Yes. Yo, quite hectic. Yeah, that's, that's, the reali that's, that's the reality of some people yeah. out there. Yeah. Lots. Okay, and um, when then did you meet Domino? Or I assume back then in Dlela? Oh, yeah. Um, I met uh, Domino through Judy Carter. Um, she had a back-to-school program at school, which was offering often kids uniforms. So they'll provide for a, a uniform for you from head to toe. I mean, toughest shoes, a brand new uniform. And then, and you know what a new uniform does to a child's confidence. And then I was confident to go to school and then stay in school and just enjoy being in school because I am like the other kids now. I've got a new uniform. And yeah, I feel brand new. Yes, yeah. Um, and then I was also introduced to a life skills program that was started when I was in grade seven. Um, the life skills program was about, it was mainly a girls club and a boys club. And we also learned that we are special, unique and irreplaceable, irregardless of whether you are from Amawati. There's so much more to life. There's so much more than just what you see. And you can actually be able to achieve those. Um, yeah, that that life schools program taught me a lot. It also taught me to be a God-fearing person because when you fear God, there are some things that you will not participate in because the body is the temple of God and you're like, no, I don't think my Lord would like this. So, yeah. Yes. So that was Boys and Girls Club, part of the life schools program. That's grade yes. four to kind of grade seven. Yes. Uh, and then in grade, girls club, grade eight uh, to grade 11. Yeah. Um, and so what's, what's since then? How, how has your life changed since then? What was, what was next for Nabuchle? Um, matriculates with four distinctions. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. And yeah, now the next step was varsity. So imagine a person coming from this township and who has dreams 
of varsity. How can you even afford such when you are living off a social grant? Mm. So after applying through the CAO form, my teacher actually played, paid for the application. And so I got offers because I got four A's. So I was definitely, the, the universities were taking me. And then there was the issue now of accepting the offer because through when you apply through the CAO, you actually have to accept the offer at an institution and you actually have to pay about, I think it's 250. That was the issue. Because now my grandmother, remember I told you that my grandmother was not working and living off social grants. And now when I asked the money, she was like, we do not have that much money. You know, we do not have that. And I was like, I cried for two days straight because I was like, okay, now this is it. I'm not going to achieve my dream. So yeah, I, w I was right like, now. okay, my life is over now because yeah. this means that the first plan that I had of being maybe a maid or working in the security or a takers was actually the reality that was going that I was going to get. So from from that time that you could you had to pay, you uh, you, you were stressed. You had days of, of worrying if you were actually going to study. Yeah. Um, what did your principal do after that? Uh, what what was what significant happened after that? Well, actually, my pr my principal Gugu Mapumulo, um just said to us, called us in and told us that there is an opportunity of three girls who performed very well to get a tertiary bursary. And luckily, I was part of that of those three girls. And it was the Domino Bursary, Skills Development. And I was that's how I got the bursary. And I was part of it. It paid for my studies from undergraduate, from first year till the fourth year. And even now, I'm doing my honors in curriculum studies. It's still paying for me. Yes. Uh, that's amazing. And so just finally, I guess, uh, where are you now? Wh where's Nabuklia 2021? Uh, where, where we're at? Well, in 2021, I am part of the people of, of the change agents who brought change in my life. Woo! I'm also a change agent now, I'm a skills development coordinator. I also bring back to the community. I help children, I help people get bursaries. And yeah, it's been absolutely a pleasure and I'm delighted to work here. And also, I think this is just uh, God's way of putting me in a place where I can help other people because now I'm actually a beacon of hope. Even when I'm walking around or in a taxi, people are asking me, where can I get this? Where can I get this? And that's the culture that I like to see in Amawati, seeing people being more aware of their education, more influenced by education, and actually seeing that it is important to get your child through a, a, a ECD that's going to develop them through school and also supporting them. So that's what I like to see. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes, thank you. We are so excited to have you on team. We're so excited for your thank future. You. Yes. Uh, and we're so excited to see what amazing mm. things God does with you yes. uh, here at the Domino Foundation. So thank, thank you, you for being brave. Thank you for sharing your story. Mm. Uh, thanks for sitting down with me uh, to chat about it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. This is one. This is one individual whose life has been radically changed by the cradle to career journey. From when she met a good and faithful student and a servant in Judy Carter, who supported her through primary school, Nabuchle was again supported by the Life Skills Program from grades four through to matric, who taught, diligently taught godly principles so that every single student would know that they are unique, 
special and, and irreplaceable, and that God has a plan and purpose for their lives. Finally, with, equipped with the hope and excitement of a future beyond her circumstance, pretty much as Jesus gives us through salvation, she was then able to step onto the skills program and receive a bursary to complete her tertiary-level dreams. And so, which that is often the gap for so many individuals who cannot afford that simple 250 rand. And so, we all know the transformational power of education and the vital role that a support system plays in developing thriving humans. And so, Domino, we run edu four educational initiatives uh, that walk a journey with the same individual from early childhood development, from foundation phase, through literacy in grades one, two, three, and life skills in primary and high school, finally through to tertiary level education where bursaries, learnerships, and apprenticeships can be gained. And so, for us, on any single given day across our programs, our team get to serve around 13,500 individuals every single day, each walking, working with, building, and serving the future Nabuchles of this country. And so why, why do I tell you these stories? Why showcase these testimonies uh, of lives being impacted and changed? And for me, it's because we all get to be a part of it. We are all called to be the hands and feet of this church. We can all play a role. God has called everyone to act mercifully and to administer justice. No one is excluded and everyone has a gift to offer and can take part. And so I want to encourage you, step up, come on, get involved. Uh, the two biggest things that I've learned over my time at Domino uh, is that when God blesses obedience, and that's obedience to scriptures, to his whispers and his promptings. Again, in that same story that Richard shared this evening, Jackie being obedient and sharing that, that word allowed a man to freedom. And secondly, what I've noticed is God blesses stewardship, stewarding what you have at your disposal, stewarding what uh, you have been given, and stewarding that responsibility to act. Take our bursary fund program that Nabuchli has just spoken about. It started with Taryn King offering a guy, Patrick, our first student, a lift every day. And through a conversation and relationships that started developing those lifts, uh, basically he shared how he had a dream to study further. And so Taryn went home and chatted to her husband, and actually together they decided that at their disposal was financial resource that could make the student's dreams come true. Flash forward five years to 2021, and there's 34 Patricks, or 34 students, receiving bursaries and learnerships through the Domino Skills Program, reaching their tertiary dreams. Another example is that that's an act of kindness, the lift through having an ear into someone's life, that conversation, uh, and then believing in the more for and of Patrick, uh, then allowing Taryn to follow that conviction and have that conversation, and boom, God takes care of the rest and miracles happen. Another example is Anthem Amawati. Uh, you see, God stirred in Tony Wilkins and Leanne Stevens' lives many years ago to create oaks of righteousness uh, and by teaching godly principles to vulnerable youth with lesson after lesson after lesson. And as part of the Life Schools program that Nabuchle shared, there's also Girls in a Boys Club. And what we do on that Boys and Girls Club is we take students uh, on excursions to experience a reality outside uh, of the township that they find themselves. And so in one of the Boys Club excursions to Blue Lagoon, the gospel was preached, and the youth met Jesus, and they were saved. And suddenly, parents started noticing a change in their children's lives and said, hey, we want to be a part of this. There was a gentleman in our church who then wanted to support uh, a pastor. And so suddenly when faith and opportunity met, Domino was able to, to, in, to employ Pastor Kolani and Fountains of Life Church was birthed from the youth. Years later, Fountains of Life Church becomes Anthem Amorti, and God uses that as an opening to begin an incredible story of reconciliation that gets to unfold between a church in Durban North and a church in Amorti. 
obedience to convictions, stewardship of their time and talents. Tony and Leanne were, were social workers, faith and opportunity meeting, and God builds his church. It was never our intention to build a church. It was just our obedience and administering our program, and God did all the rest. And so these stories have all started because someone has obeyed the call of God on their life listened to his whispers, or even just got involved in the work that was already happening, and God started to awake something within them. And so, if you are new to Anthem, this is what you inherit. This is your legacy of mercy and justice, and we're so excited to have you along for the ride. For those of you that are long-standing Anthem members, thank you. Thank you for covering us in prayer. Thank you for sowing and pioneering and cheering us on uh, in the work that we do. We, from Humble Beginnings, uh, we now have eight community programs that we run, right from our abandoned babies home through to our nutrition programs, the education programs, and even an anti-human trafficking program. And so for you tonight, if any of these programs has stirred something or something's been highlighted for you to get involved, we say come, sign up, volunteer, make a donation and change a life. Maybe, maybe you have spare time and you want to care for a baby or make and distribute food. Our kitchens are opening again after COVID, and so there's sandwich shifts that are available for you to slot into. Maybe, maybe you have talents or skills that could see you standing in a classroom teaching or developing resources uh, or digitizing our curriculum so that we can offer it online in this post-COVID world. Let your skill be known, put your hand up, let your gift be spoken, and let's work together in figuring out where that can take place. Lastly, maybe you feel stirred to give financially, and you can sign a debit order that will be the 250 rand that is a make-or-break situation for a student wanting to pursue tertiary opportunities. Whatever you have, come. Come and talk to us. Email us. Our team will be here in the Domino caps or the Domino shirts at the Connect Zone and outside. Come have a conversation. Uh, and we're so excited to connect with you and welcome you on this journey. And so in closing... Uh, a few nights ago, we had a culture carriers evening where Paul Fancola, who leads the ARC ministry movement, uh, joined us, and he shared a message uh, about Jesus' first signs and wonders his, when he turned the water into wine. Uh, but he shared it from the servants' perspectives, the same servants who had set up the wedding and had been working all day. When Mary asked Jesus to, to assist with the shortage of wine, Jesus asked the servants to fill the containers of water. And so for me, when I look at it, I, we get to ask those questions of saying, wow, would that miracle have happened if the servants didn't fill the water containers? And now, we know God is, is capable of doing anything, and He can do the miracle, but He chooses to do it with us. He chooses to co-labor and use us in outworking His gospel. And so for me, what we see there is that it takes action from our part. It takes speaking. It takes obedience, and it takes courage and faith. And so for me, the question I want to ask you is, are you water carriers? Are you willing to partner with Jesus and co-labor on a miracle of leading people to life? Whatever it is that you have in your hands, come and join the conversation, join the story, and create your own domino effect with what is in your hands.